0: Hi, I'm Elise Kennedy. Welcome to Jordan's Startup Tech Series, where we host entrepreneurs, venture funds, and technology companies on trends across the industry. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Sally Mettlerkamp, the founder of recently renamed Lived. Thanks for joining us today, Sal. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, we love this triple bottle line style businesses that we're increasingly seeing come through into our space. So I'm going to turn it over to you about what does Lived do?
1: Yeah, so my ambitions for LIVED were really ignited in my late teens. I grew up with a a mother living with addiction, and I watched her struggle with a system and services that were super isolating and inaccessible. And so by the time mum was able to access support, she was essentially 35 years into her addiction. And so we would save $20,000 at a time to send it to rehab. The public system had 18 months wait list. And I think looking back, we were shocked that 30 days of rehab wouldn't work. But I mean, 35 years of an addiction was never really going to be solved just in 30 days. It's not realistic. And so... The second thing was, you know, I could never really understand people calling her an addict or a junkie. I mean, she was my mom. She worked full time. She raised four kids and paid her bills. And so I always knew that I had to do something about it because there was so much opportunity for change. And so Lived is really unique because you can go to the platform and learn from other people that have lived through something that's super similar to you. So people's relationship with alcohol is really nuanced and personal. And the reason why one person drinks is so different from the next. And that's why these one size fits all approaches really don't work. And really, that's what we're building for. We're building for all the nuances and finally connecting people with the personalized support actually that they need. And so it was just over 12 months ago that my kind of lifelong ambitions came into reality. So far, we've secured just over $3 million worth of funding. And we've started to develop an app, really, that has the goal to revolutionize the way that people both experience, but also access making changes. And we're starting with alcohol first.
0: So tell me, how do you think about looking forward, given the vision that you have do you expect this app to be monetized in a certain way? Do you
1: subscribe
0: to it? Do businesses pay for it? I'd love to hear a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so the monetization model will be a subscription model. Really our first role as we're solving one of the most complex and personal human problems is not only to create the most effective support, but also our job as a brand is to break down barriers to accessing it. So Really, like our go to market strategy includes heavily investing in brand and educating the market, but then equally optimizing for learning in order to create value for our members. And so it will be a subscription model where people have access to premium content, but we always want to make sure, obviously, that there's free content before the paywall to make sure that it is accessible for people. But in terms of our long term monetization strategy, if you think about addiction, it's not something where it's like level unlocked. Like you finally stop drinking and then everything's okay. It really is a lifelong condition. And so actually our goal is to create lifelong memberships so that when people are going through struggle and they need to come back to the platform, that's okay. They're always part of the lived community and actually being part of the platform and subscribing actually becomes part of people's identity and, and something that they're actually really proud of. It's just like, I've been through this thing and guess what? Like I've lived, right? And so, yeah, subscription-based model, but the intention is to create lifelong memberships, which is something that we're really excited about.
0: Great. And you mentioned in there about trying to tap into that market and a lot of investment going towards that sales and marketing. Can you talk about the strategy, about how do you expect to go and reach these guys? What's your go-to-market sales model?
1: Yeah, so initially a lot of our organic growth is actually coming from our guides or our content creators. These people have spent years building up their own personal brand and personal identity and absolutely like singing from the rooftops, this is actually what I've lived through. And so a lot of our initial organic growth is coming from our guides. They have tens of thousands, if not millions of people already following them across social media and Instagram. So that's where we've got a lot of our initial organic growth to really fuel our learning. Beyond that, our growth plans include geographical expansion, but also expansion into other segments. So you can really apply the same idea that you can learn from people that have lived experience to lots of different types of health conditions. So we're starting with alcohol because there's a a big movement and momentum around People actually changing and challenging their relationship with alcohol just naturally, even before seeing some sort of consequences. So, beyond that, actually thinking about what are the other things where we just use substances or behaviors to cope. So you can think about alcohol, you can think about video games, you can think about sex, sugar, all the things that we actually, again, use just as a coping mechanism to get through life. So we're starting with the two biggest markets, so very focused on the US from day one, but also really tackling and challenging the drinking culture also in Australia that kind of we see and kind of that we know exists as well super interesting.
0: Let's move on to the industry as a whole. I'd love to hear if you've done some work about thinking about, you know, what is the size of your opportunity? Do you have any statistics around the number that you think you could potentially have using the the lift app? or, you know, what's driving some of the industry growth? Do you have any growth rates? I'd love to hear some of the stats that you've done some work on.
1: Yeah, so when you're when you're creating a category, conducting proper market analysis is pretty complicated because most data and research is really centered around addiction. People that are really in later stages going to rehab, insurer claims, and also data around government, which many people that we're actually trying to serve don't want or can't actually identify with, right? It's people that are like, I know I have a problem, I want to make changes, but it's not quite bad enough yet where I'm ready to go see a therapist or go to rehab. And it's also actually not where we're targeting. We're targeting much earlier state of change. And I think the statistic that really kind of resonates is one in three people are classified as high risk adult drinkers in Australia and also the US. And anyone considering changing their relationship, you can really kind of apply that statistic too. So more broadly, I think it's estimated that 2 billion people on the planet use substances and alcohol just to cope with life. But one in five people struggle to stop. So it's safe to say that it's big but our ambition is also just as big and so the goal is to help tens of millions of people change their relationship with with both substances and alcohol over the next couple of years.
0: Mm, There's some hard stats in there but um, as you say it's got some technology that's coming through to be able to hopefully help with some of those numbers there let's think about the competitive landscape now. Uh, are there is anyone else there that you know that's doing what you're doing? And if you, know, you do start to see success as business, do you think that others can replicate what you do?
1: Yeah. So, when talking about competitors, when we're talking to people that understand what we do or investors, I think the thing that comes to mind for most people offline is usually awareness for alcohol support so you can think about things like na and aa is usually what people know na and aa has been an institution that's been around for almost 100 years now and it's really it was really built off the church and so you can think about step three which is you know to admit that actually you're powerless and to overturn yourself to god it doesn't kind of serve everybody anymore because of that kind of higher power philosophy but again we're really serving a completely different market so I struggle to nominate them necessarily as a competitor but more as somebody that has a share of voice. Going into more alcohol support tech The only real players are Tempest and also Reframe. I think they've both recently raised around $10 million in US funding for their Series A. But again, they really cater to a different audience with very different systems and very different approaches. Lived is, we're trying to create and path a category creator as a lived experience platform, using people's lived experience to help short circuit the solution for others and, I mean, like most category creators, right, competition is really difficult to quantify and we're not looking to be better. You know, we're looking to be great and we're really actually looking to start a movement around people actually, you know, changing and questioning their relationship with alcohol. And so going to that question about
0: if I wanted to go and start a platform like Lyft, tell me what are some of those things that would be most challenging for somebody to replicate?
1: So I think the most difficult thing would be probably the creator side of the platform. So at the moment, we're getting these incredible humans that have lived experience to build a lot of our content to deliver lived experience and lived support and so these creators because they haven't had a platform to really amplify their impact and lived experience feel a lot of brand loyalty to us because we're the first people to do it and so by getting these creators again that have a really tight alignment with our vision and mission early it'll be really difficult to convince other people that have known brands and are really passionate about building this type of content knowing how quickly we're moving and obviously like again how aligned they are really with the brand messaging as well so I'd say the creator side of people creating the content is probably going to be the most difficult number one to replicate because there's a lot of secret sauce in actually the way that we deliver our courses and deliver our content and help people tell their story and we'll be miles ahead in terms of actually getting those people and those creators on our platform building the content from day one.
0: And so with those creators right now at the moment, for those who might not be familiar with some of that landscape out there, so are you supporting those creators with resources? Are those creators coming to you? Can you give us a bit more detail about that secret source?
1: Yeah. So what we do is we try and find people that like, first and foremost are really aligned with our brand and our mission, which is the problem is personal, but the solutions aren't. And there's certain things that we do on the platform, which is we stay really neutral on the type of language that we use as well. So we don't like to use labels and call people addicts as an example. So finding those people that really kind of tie and align with our our brand messaging first and foremost is really important. The second thing that's really important when we find our creators is, are they really good content creators, right? Do these people have really big brands and also are they really influential? And so what we do internally is we build a lot of mechanisms and tools to actually support our creators to create the content. And the way that we do that is by figuring out the best behavior change mechanisms to actually make the courses easily digestible, but also, again, really easy for creators to say, like, how do I turn my lived experience into a course that has a really clear objective to help people get to their outcome and get to their goal faster? So there's a lot of work that we do internally to create those resources on how to build courses and content on our platform to try and make it really easy and also a, a fun experience for our content creators to actually turn their lived experience and turn their lived their lived wisdom into something that's going to be really helpful for people. I really like the sound of that. Moving on to the
0: economics of the business. Some of those cost questions. How do you think about your cost base looking forward? Do you expect your customers to churn a certain amount from some of the early studies you might have done? Do you expect them to come onto the platform, have that subscription and get several different products and add to what we define as the lifetime value? Have you given any thought to some of those types of things at play?
1: Yeah, so I think there's going to be two types of people that use our platform, knowing that the journey for somebody that wants to make changes with alcohol or substances is non-linear, right? You might go through kind of periods where you're really motivated to make change and then life happens. And so we really want the platform to be created for two types of people. The first types of people will really kind of invest daily into making changes and they'll actually start to form a little bit of a habitual relationship with some of the progress tracking and the content that we have in the platform the second type of person is really going to dip in and dip out so they're going to be looking essentially when they're going through something on like how do I socialize sober or how do I be more intimate with my husband without alcohol all these big questions that actually come up where people are like ah like I'm just looking for an answer and I'm looking for an answer from somebody that I can really relate to because they have lived it and so that's how we seek the two kind of use cases. But at the moment, we're really optimizing to learn. We have some strong signals that we're looking out for. Obviously, one of them is being product market fit. One of the ways that we're measuring that at the moment is through the superhuman approach, which you might have heard of, but is asking your members on how disappointed would they be if they could no longer use your product. And so the key metric we're really looking for is 40% of our members saying that they would be very disappointed. And at my last count this morning, I think we're sitting at 38%, so we're not far off. But again, I think the long-term play is really like how do we create lifelong memberships for what is known as a long-life health condition? Once you stop drinking, It's not level unlocked. You then need to figure out, like, how do I actually live alcohol or substance free?
0: Very interesting. And I know in starting up this venture, there's so much you want to do. Can you talk us through how you see your pipeline over the next 12 months?
1: Yeah, so... I think as a software business, the majority of our costs right now are with people. So we're building out incredible people capability within the business. And we're really optimized for learning what type of guides resonate and also what type of content resonates on the platform and building the foundations from a content creation perspective, but also with the infrastructure of the platform to get ready for some serious scale. So next 12 months, again, is really just making sure that we exist. To learn and make sure that we offer unparalleled value to our members. The size of the market and the size of the opportunity, we really need to make sure that we do have that infrastructure for our content creators. The velocity of content we have coming through the app is going to be quite big. And just making sure that we're really set up the scale to make sure that we can kind of serve this you know, ginormous market in the next kind of beyond 12 months. Fantastic. Sounds like some great, exciting goals
0: that you've got going on there. So once again, Sally Metallicamp, the founder of recently renamed Lived. I can see how that is a fantastic, appropriate name. They've relevance through the whole series. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to watching what happens over the next few months.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much.